uh, hmm. this is, you know, an audio disclaimer, where, uh, yeah, nah, we don't want any rights to any music here, play this here episode, if you don't like me, just boo me, don't sue me, all rights are reserved to the rightful owners, this is episode 87, is that correct, 87, 87 of the Isolated Thoughts Podcast, and Louder 2, GDG, kick us off with a little bit something, please. Trying to find a way to like not overstep, but it's really just me. I'm, it's something I gotta. What up? Uh. Part of me, but a part of me looking for more. Giving my heart, my art, my artery. What do you want more? Yeah. My nervousy boy black, looking for joy. They snatch it, looking back, pa- paying it for it. But I'm tapped. I lap tap water and tap dance and tabernacles before the Lord. The pattern is no avoid, not gonna avoid the words that come with the voice inside of my head. I'm sick of the yeah. noise. So be a bigger nigga, put your finger on the trigger as you're looking at the mirror, mirror, mirror on the wall and let that bitch rip till your backbone slipping. No, the cracks don't give no black fuck about y'all. Just your ass, your hips, your lips, my dick tip, my black balls dribbling and dipping them in your jaw, dribbling word rhymes, the crowd giving applause, but in my spirit I feel it. And they don't hear me at all. Nigga, my nigga, look at the bigger picture. We flawed, okay, cool. You picking up figures, nigga. We proud, you pay dues. But now you gotta do what you can and can't abuse your power. Let's come up with a plan and we pursuing the power. But don't get shit fucked up. I'll be in the forefront with the four five. Don't front back then, right now, last week, next month. Backseat shotgun, Dora Episode 87. Welcome back to episode 87 of. The Isolated Thoughts Podcast. My name is Langston Mayo. You know the jig, the dig, yeah, hig. We'll insert an X Files theme here. Find this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, the same places that you've been able to find it for a good while now, about like a year or so. You can go on isolatedthoughtspodcast.com and it's September, mid-September. Is it too early for a hoodie? Is it too late for a hoodie? Never, n- never too late to get anything to support the pod that you love and know so well. I am recovering from coronavirus. COVID-19, almost three years, and y'all know, I've been very vocal about being safe and clean and just uh, a big, you know, uh, try to stay away from the, the malarkey. I proceeded to go to Florida for the first time for business. And, of course, of all places to uh, contract such a fucking headache of a virus. It'd be Florida of all places. And, yeah, still wear a mask on flights even after the mandate was lifted. So, yeah, it was just my time around Floridian people and shit. And, yeah, man, that shit sucks. Fucking sucks. I am still not in the clear, uh, certainly has postponed 
a lot of things for me. Just it's like movies I was supposed to see for us and review and all that shit. But we're just taking it one day at a time. I, yeah, I was, man, I was down bad. I have, I don't recall being sick like this. Ugh, I don't know. It's been a long time since I've been this sick anyway, but just the way that my body was doing shit that was like, yo. And, yeah, man, I won't lament. Just moment of transparency with the folks. It definitely was no walk in the park uh, at all. And I had to... I really was, haven't, haven't been able to rest until I returned back here. And even then, it just, like, I really went through the worst of it while in Florida, while still having to work and do other things and move about, even though I felt really bad about that piece. Um, it just kind of all happened really quickly. And, yeah, man. So, uh, I... That's just me being transparent why I've been kind of out the loop. I kind of been out of posting and updating. Not that, you know, I'm Mr. Social Media in the first place. Uh, But as far as putting out new content, I haven't been able to do any of my other uh, obligations. So, yeah, just trying to get get that back on track, just energy-wise, being able to sit up and do shit because it's it's been it's been sucky it's been fucking sucky but i'm glad to be back friend of mike talking to you and plenty we got plenty plenty of shit that we're going to get into today because the world why wouldn't we so without further ado before we even get into music with the proper watching we'll talk about some Basketball news. Well, if you're unfamiliar, Emi Adoka. Emi Adoka is a black man who is the, the, for all intents and purposes, the former head coach. No, I won't say that. That's misinformation. He is the head coach of the NBA. Boston Celtics last year 2021 to 2022 he was the first his first year as the head coach he's been an assistant coach for the San Antonio Spurs underneath the legendary coach Popovich for a few seasons he's you know earned his due and younger I forgot how old he is but I think he may be in his early 40s and yeah, he led the young Celtics team that had already been trending in the right direction, but led them all the way to the NBA Finals, in which they lost to the Golden State Warriors in six games. Yeah. So, yeah, set the scene. Set the scene. And now we find ourselves over the past couple of days. Oh, the other like background information is that he's 
also has popularity prior to all this information popularity that he is engaged to the uh, very lovely historically beautiful black icon Nia Long uh, so yeah brother was winning in theory in life <laughs> he's you know head coach takes team to the NBA finals first year players respect him publicly and yeah seem to be doing doing something superficially right 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 past about 48 hours has been a very interesting time because the two NBA reporting Titans Adrian Wojnarowski and Shams <laughs> I don't really follow Shams like that uh, but from ESPN and like Fox Sports I've I almost feel like he's like a free agent, what Shams does, because I see him talk on multiple networks, but let me see if I, real quickly, Shams, Shams Kaharina, the athletic, yeah, it's kind of a, yeah, the athletic is his home base, I guess. Nonetheless, they both report late Wednesday that, hey, the Celtics are going to be suspending M.A. Adoka, the head coach, for kind of undisclosed reasons. At first, at least, that was team violate. It just said violating team policy. That could be anything kind of weird, but okay. And then Woj, who I follow more closely when he reports, he was putting out just more vague information saying like, you know, this is this violated team policy. And then there started even rumblings of a year. And I was like, okay, what's going on? I think I saw Sham's report first that, oh, consensual relationship. He was having a consensual relationship with with another female um, employee and maybe member of his member of like his staff, Doku staff, and it violated team policy. Okay, then the jokes start flying of he's cheating on Neil Long and yeah yeah. While I felt what I found important maybe to cover. In talking about this was just the the utter mishandling by the Boston Celtics of this entire case. So what we do know, there was a 27-minute press conference of an absolute fucking waste of time that I sat through all 27 minutes looking for something. And then I've sat through some of the talking heads, uh, particularly at ESPN, and heard their takes and seen their, t- you know, post and whatnot. Huh. So what we understand, I, I will update those who are maybe out the loop or refresh those who also are paying attention and following along. All that has 
that's factually known and from what talking heads are pointing at that there's more known behind the scenes like well of course there's more known behind the scenes Celtics wise but kind of in the reporting world there may be known maybe more known but they're not they're not breaching the maybe internal trust that exists between the media and the Celtics insiders that give information. So we're at this point where the information that I put out is that Ime Doka was having a con- consensual relationship, you know, meaning like there's a lot of implication towards sexual, but none of those, none of that has come out about the details of the relationship, but consensual implying that two adults wanted to be in relation with each other. I'm not here to talk about the moral implications of either one of these two people being married and children and none of those, like it's, it's irrelevant in the way of if it violates team policy, it violates team policy. I'm like, I'm here to really shoot super straight. And so if he violates, if there's team policy, that says, Hey, you can't have, you know, you can't fraternize with your colleagues, especially if there may have been a power dynamic at play him as the head coach. He's one of the higher up, you know, people with power of the organization. Uh, from my understanding that, Brad Stevens, the former head coach of the Celtics, is like technically he's the president of uh, basketball operations. But I don't know if that means he also is the head, um, the general manager, because many sports organizations, at least within the NBA and and the NFL, there often is a general manager and a president of basketball and or football and or basketball or football operations. Because the general manager is more the transactional person, so waivers and trades and signings and drafts and shit. The president of insert sport operations is assumingly more like in line with the the owner, governor, however the language works in the league, and has more operational duties, like more business oriented oper- duties that would be less you know on the player personnel side the GM does I'm not sure how the Boston Celtics work because I tried to look into their org chart wasn't the easiest thing to do and at an event like today I'd assume that there's another person connected to or quote unquote underneath Brad Stevens as the president of basketball operations, they would be there. So would it just be in Wick? Um, I can't think of his last name. The co-owner of the Celtics and Brad Stevens being there. Yeah, I assume that that's the case. I bring all that up to say about the like how the order of operation goes with Emi Adoka being the head coach, that he's pretty close up. You know, he's not the face of a franchise by no means, but as the head coach, you are a, you are a part of the face of the franchise. So I get there being disciplinary action, saying like, "Hey, this is 
the relationship assumably was inappropriate maybe in the sense of it yeah like the implications power dynamics and yeah just those type of like uh, you made this difficult kind of situation for everyone involved for whatever reason what I find issue in is something that Stephen A. Smith someone who I often have interesting thoughts about his take especially as of late ever since Max Kellerman left his first take I've had very indifferent feels about him and how he shows up in space but very much I agreed with some of the sentiments he was sharing in the past day particularly today but over the past two days um, regarding hey if this is allegedly from both what's publicly being said and what's privately kind of known but not being shared is that there's two consenting adults that engage in the behavior or behavior in a relationship that violated team policy. And so if that's the case, why is it just that Imei Doku is being suspended for an entire year and all implications looking like he's not coming back as the coach because while they explicitly said that there hasn't been any, um, there hasn't been any like actions or thoughts yet about what the future looks like. But when you hand, like you don't just come back from this, you don't, you just don't. It, it seemingly has been very messily handled. And if you wanted to, keep like if you want to keep things under wrap you could because that's what they're doing at the press conference for 27 minutes straight all they said is that their you know their feelings went out to female members of the Celtics organization that were wrongfully included and you know kind of rumor mill when taking them during the internet yesterday because there was a lot of assumptions about who the woman was in which he had this relationship with. And so, assumingly, none of the women that were pointed at were a part of this. That, yeah, that impacts them. Some of these women have, you know, marriages and children. And for them to be caught up in something unfairly and inappropriately is, is fucked up. Um, because, yeah, someone's wife is like, oh, you may be caught off guard because now people are asking their husband, like, you know, such and such and such, like all types of things that who knows what the dynamics of these people's relationships are like people. Uh, the newest report that hasn't been reported by ESPN, but has been floating around is that in July. MA made a passing comment to a female staff member that was unwarranted or undesired rather um the warrantedness is not to be of judge at this point i guess <coughs> was uh unwanted and that comment was led to be like led to the investigation from an outside firm the celtics put together and yeah now there's that looming or like lingering around but during that press conference besides them 
Brad Stevens and Wicks using time to say that they, you know, their 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 feelings and their anger, their frustration goes with their female employees. They were shut mouth. They explicitly just doubled down and said they wouldn't talk about what the findings were, what any violations particularly were, and that the president's there was no president said about the duration of the suspension. Uh, just simply Wick, the co-owner, said that he went with his gut feeling that it was the right feeling. So I, I find it odd that the Celtics, if they want to be tight-lipped, they could have NDA'd this thing, tight-lipped it, and suspended them. Still did a year, and there would just been speculation. Like, why, why did he get suspended? But if they want to not talk about it, they would have not talked about it at all. But for Shams and Woj to get enough information to say, yeah, no, there was a consensual relationship that violated team policy. Like that's that's the boner in the throw. Because if it isn't criminal, if there wasn't, you know, sexual misconduct at play, why allow that to come out? Because now you do put your op you do put the organization's optics in that weird light because now again consenting relationship means that there's two people that violated a policy even if right again unless this person was such a subordinate that they shouldn't have been there like they like like it was the head coach and a ball girl then for sure like there can be two consenting adults if you know she's of age and of things but it's so yeah the paradigmic is so egregious that it's like uh let's not like put her in any predicament it i mean it it doesn't hurt to say like what department she's in or something but i'm not really gung-ho about oh reveal this person reveal this woman it's more of the, yeah, the Celtics have um, probed more question, more questions than they did answers, and it does seem like there's a bigger implications at play. And if they're not going to fire him and kind of prolong this thing, that almost inevitably looks like they're going to be parting ways. It almost looks like they're protecting something internally, right? They and I don't know what that could be but i do think it's worth it, it's worth all the questions being asked um yeah it's it's been a very interesting time so i spent 17 minutes nearly talking about something i you know i've talked about basketball in the past before but i just don't spend too much time on it this is this was something that I think is just it's still building. Who knows by next episode or by the time even the release of this episode that there might be more information. Uh, I doubt by any official report, like by any official means, he may already released a statement saying that he wasn't going to comment further and just say he apologized to you know, the city, fans, and family, and he accepted the the penalty, but. Wick kept mentioning that, like, oh, he may, he may appreciate this, uh, uh, 
this process like what else is he gonna do what like what I, I i don't know what what else is going on so yeah it's a, a weird time and i think a lot of the heightened conversation around this is also around brett Favre and espn and other major news outlets not reporting on uh, kind of all-time nfl great former Packer and I guess Vikings quarterback uh, Brett Favre who it's been known for a little while now but um, like more nuanced details are coming out about in short I won't spend too much time on it Brett Favre is a uh, Mississippian and he is connected to well was connected to folks who work within the state department and move funds around and shit like that for, yeah, for a myriad of reasons, but social services and pretty much a funneled $6 million to go toward building a volleyball stadium for his daughter and team, I guess. And that money came directly out of, um, like funds for like social services, like people who need, like need public funds um, directly. And it looks really bad now, optically, of course. I mean, general, I just want to say that bar none. And given the state of Mississippi and what Jackson is going through with the, the water crisis, uh, that one, something like this could happen. Uh, I believe that he's like attempted to return the money or something like that, but I think it's more so being caught red-handed more than it was like, oh, he got the money returned to be all behind the scenes. It's now all coming out. No, it's more so it's coming out. I don't, I haven't really followed it too much because to me, I don't expect anything to happen. But I, I do believe that when we tie that all in with the Emi Adoka situation, there's a lot of this conversation in the sports world in general. About like, hey, but are, are we going to talk about this? Why is no one else talking about Brett Favre? Um, but we're all, we're always, you know, make sure we spend plenty of time on when black athletes and um, folks who are in the sport, you know, sports world who are black that they get plenty of uh, negative showtime or showcasing rather. So yeah, uh, that's a lot of outside of traditional music and movie talk that we do here but i think that it's worth uh looking at so in your own time you can see what's going on in the world and how we are interacting and discoursing definitely as human beings but to music a little different traditionally but still gonna talk some uh an idea um that i've had for a while and see what your thoughts are Alrighty, righty 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 Music news-ish, music thoughts, music isolated thoughts. (laughs) So it's something I spoke, it's something I thought about on my own, or not thought about my own, it's like there's conversation already happening, but more so the full pictures of a thought I had, and then I mentioned it to some friends prior to recording to this, so it's been a little while so maybe not as fresh but 
still worth, I think, pondering collectively because the state of music is in one hell of a fucking place. So it starts with looking at music labels. I would say, you know, more artists forward, right? There's, there's hundreds of fucking music labels and certainly, um, if not thousands, and certainly uh, uh, more than enough that our artists kind of ran. Um, in this day and age, there's only really a few left because even the prominent ones that have existed that still kind of exist are no longer that. Like uh, MMG, right? we know it's Ross, but Meek Mill and Wale no longer are associated with that act. Um, I think Stolly maybe is and Omarion was at some point. Um, so that like that is a that's an example of it no longer really being in effect. Same with good music. Um, one of the best of all time if you ask me. And we know it, it the down the downfall for all of this the almost inevitability about all artists kind of ran labels, subsidiaries of larger, you know, distributors and publishers of music are the artists focuses on, have to focus on their own career. And so smaller artists end up getting swept away and forgotten about and then taking, you know, have to go back into the larger conglomerate that they're from, you know, Def Jam, Warner, even Def Jam ends up being a fucking weird in between with Universal, so yeah, uh, I, just being mindful that there really is only a few left that really work, and I don't even say if there's a few left, it really is just Dreamville and then TDE. TDE is unique because TDE actually isn't artist ran. It's very artist centered, but not artist ran because Anthony Top, you know, Tiff Top Dog or Anthony Top Dog Tiff is the you know president CEO of Top Dog Entertainment. He is not an artist, and while they have done a good job over there you know, putting the artist at the face of the, the label. Kendrick, while was the biggest artist for the longest time over there, was not ever the head or the, you know, I would even say the face of the label, because while he was the biggest, he still, it wasn't his. So, it really is almost a slight apple to orange comparison with Dreamville but you'll see where this is going because now with PG Lang Kendrick is in a unique position to do what he maybe in theory was like led to believe to be in with TD but not so I bring this all up because I'll get into a larger conversation because it's yeah when we talk about artists using their influence and their ability. So the conversation starts with like, is T D dead? Like is T D dead label? 
and that comes from really with the large not speculation but more so large reasoning it's because of Kendrick leaving after Miss Morale and the Big Steppers he leaves TDE that's his final album maybe contractually obligated with the label perhaps no reason why it's a double album as well it's always a good reason to fulfill your uh, album requirements with any type of labels uh Yes, so he leaves TD and people, oh, is it dead now? I would say it's leaned towards it, but not because Kendrick left. Something that TD is also very known for is after about 2013, they've been very, very, very slow when it comes to artists releasing music. Uh... Prior to that point, they put out a lot of mixtapes and, you know, smaller projects. But once they started generating artists with multiple gold and platinum records, I feel like they were, okay, let's really, it's not about milking it, but let's, let's take our time. Let's make sure that we can put out the quality that we're generating. Album sales really are only relegated to Kendrick. Um, you know, Schoolboy had Blank Face. No, Blank Face was critically acclaimed, but Oxymoron was his kind of uh, sales magnum opus. Like, nothing has come close to selling with uh, Oxymoron has. And unfortunately, though, this goes for all our favorite artists that isn't named Bobby Graham or Bob Bunny is... No one sells anything anymore. The way music is consumed and the way music is allowed to be sold is absolutely nasty. The consumption piece is bad enough, but the streaming companies and yeah, the billboard and whoever else is a part of the process of saying how many records are sold and how many streams constitute a sale, they are they are just as guilty, if not more, about the decline, about where revenue goes. Because money's being made. Money is being made. It just isn't going towards the artist because of the truthful counterbalance of, well, music's being consumed in a more passive way that it's, you know, it's still a multi-billion dollar industry. Just, they're, yeah, they're like, no one buys CDs and stuff, which isn't, which isn't true. No one, people still buy albums. That's why tens of thousands of record sales and album sales for the, you know, especially that first week, is still broken down to traditional album sales and streams because people do buy music still. Um, it, it, it would be impossible to get these album sales figures that we see solely off of streams. At least not yet, at least. So, okay, I, I put all that in the context about TDE because TDE is in the not the best position. Kendrick leaving doesn't help, but it isn't the reason why 
the labels in jeopardy of losing all of its social capital that's built over, you know, about 15 years. When you have SZA, who is arguably the second largest person, now the largest person on the label. Again, I'm a big Schoolboy Q fan, but I would say SZA's popularity right now, her cachet is... Uh, like it's the the hot meter is ticking more than it is for Schoolboy, even though I'm again I'm, I'm I'm a large Schoolboy fan. With that being said, the kind of holdup between Punch, um, I believe he's the president of Top Dog, cousins of Top Dog himself, and I think he found SZA, so I think he's also I think that's why he's her manager. Nonetheless, the kind of hold up again. I'm not a scissor fan. Y'all know this. I'm not a scissor fan, but I know that her album is not only overdue at this point because Control came out like 2017. Yeah, Control came out in 2017. It's 2022. It. It, it, and it's starting to get to the point where, okay, she's putting out music, like old demos that were only on like YouTube to make it like a control, alt, delete, deluxe, I don't know. Uh, when you think about that, and sure, unfortunately, like Isaiah dropped an amazing project last year. It doesn't, you know, it, it, it doesn't move the needle the way that someone else's project may um even schoolboy still would move the needle more even though crash talk was underwhelming not just in quality but in the the feel of the release because blank face while it didn't sell as much uh certainly is critically acclaimed um schoolboy not schoolboy um i keep saying i want to say east side johnny why can't I think of J-Rock? J-Rock, he is, again, the OG, the actual founding rap member of TDE. He, you know, I mean, he's won a Grammy now, so I'm, I'm, I'm glad that he's you know, getting the due that he you know, deserves. But he's still not the sizable star that SZA is. I just look at the way that the label is constructed and release wise and that it sucks with them not having you can never replace a Kendrick Lamar anyway generational almost really once in a lifetime but definitely a generational talent that comes to hip hop and yeah you can't replace that but what you can do is restructure your business you can restructure your label because we look at Dreamville on the other end. Dreamville is artist ran. It's J. Cole's label. Dreamville's existed well before this new, you know, view that we see now with the Earth Gang. Jid, you know, being second in command in sense of popularity and talent. Um, you know, I'm just being honest. It's you know, it's always been his thing. It's it's good music to Kanye. It's 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 you know, a thing that is J. Cole. However, J. Cole 
I don't know if it was always planned to be this way. It seems to be very organic, so maybe not. But between him and Ibrahim, it was focused on Cole. That's why you know, he had three albums straight of no features. And he can really have been selfish about his career. And hey, I can rap. I don't need anyone else. And then since he's just you know put out more Revenge of the Dreamers, even though I would like to see a Revenge of the Dreamers 4, that's truly just a back ode to like Revenge of the Dreamers 2, where it's really 1 and 2, where they're actually just about Dreamville artists. Revenge of the Dreamers 3 is dope as shit. Um, same thing with Doomsday. Doomsday is more forgettable. Like I, I, I like the one again with Bob and ASAP Ferg, and then Stick. Those are two, two good singles that came from our just the tracks that came from that project. But yeah, Revenge of Dream is three, fantastic. Really was a a cultural moment that shouldn't be minimized, and. The, the feel that comes for Revenge of Dreamers 2, where it's really just Dreamville artists. I would love to see that now with Jid and Earth Gang. Because um, I'm going to yeah, Jid, Earth, Jid and Earth Gang are only two additions to Dreamville. Because at the time of Revenge of Dreamers 2, Ari was a member of Dreamville. And yeah, like everyone else has just been there. Boz, Kaz, Omen. Yeah. Loot. Yeah. So I, I... that, But I've gotten sidetracked. That's its own thing. When we look at how J. Cole can put forth careers of other artists and really support them and have them like Ari's kind of her own personal journey hasn't had any hold up on her album release like I feel that whatever she was going through personally like didn't like when she was ready to put out her album which I'll get to I haven't listened to yet just spoiler alert X age age sex location that was because she wasn't ready to put an album from Shea Butter Baby so when you, when you think about that you look about again this is when they're really ready they can put it out I'm sure that Eve and Cole vet and go through like hey this you know is this the best product that we can put out sure i'm sure that happens and they you know put stress tests but not in the way that it seems with tde that there's this stranglehold on release and no transparency between the artists in their community because you know jid there was even some seeming to hold up because that's the other thing too they take their time relationship in dreamville the same way that they do in in td land but td land there's like just nothing jid seemingly there was recording happening and then a lot of clearance issues and then that's why we don't get 2007 on the forever story uh but there doesn't seem like to be any internal label issues it's just when they're ready they're ready i find that yeah dreamville is the kind of the the best thing going right now because it's it finds itself in the authenticity land of here's an artist that gives a fuck here's an artist that has done enough in his career now that he doesn't have 
he doesn't have to do anything when it comes to like getting in the way of his artist. I mean, sure, he's living out his fantasies of being a you know semi-pro basketball player, uh, but he you know he only does that for like a half a second and then goes back to being a rapper label person. Why I found this to be important to bring up because to me it's a there's a larger oversight when we talk about the largest right. Think about generationally. We'll see what happened with Kendrick and PG Lang because that's unique. Uh, PG Lang program language. Uh, Baby Keem is in Tenelione or the you know kind of uprising product and material from that. But again, I, I, I it's a lot of this is yet to be seen. Influential about what is what, and yeah, what what's it going to look like? in execution, both in signing new acts, what does PG Lang really even do? Because they seemingly are leaning into the notion that they're more than just a label. Yeah. So, yeah, we've seen artists do things. Uh, Jay-Z Rockefeller turns into Dev Jam stint that then turns into Rock Nation. Um, Rock Nation, of course, is a much larger conglomerate as well. It's bigger than just record labels, sports agency, all this, and Jay-Z's. Uh, that's a whole different conversation about Jay-Z and him not ever really being... He's not, he never really cared about ownership as much as, like, leverage ship. Like, how... Like, yeah, that's a whole different conversation that I think that is part of the the divide when you look at Dame Dash and Jay-Z. Dame Dash having more desire to own, like have ownership, even if that meant it's a smaller thing, or have full ownership of my own thing. Jay-Z, like a flipper, like he's like, he's still this drug dealer, like flipper. Like how can I flip this opportunity, flip this position to be something bigger and more? And I think that's why we've seen yeah, what we've seen from him. There's someone I'm not mentioning until now, and that is the world's biggest rapper, right? We'll use that language. And the second largest artist, and maybe the third, because the weekend's pretty fucking huge. A top like three or four artists in the world. And that is Aubrey Drake Graham, who we all know OVO, right? That's, again, very much tied into him. October's very own. Owl, Six God, 66, all that shit. I think that it's not being funny. We're talking about like, oh, this is not getting enough coverage. No one talks about how Drake is the largest person in hip-hop and doesn't his artists do not benefit from it who are his artists exactly the biggest artist he has is party next door well let's say the biggest artist he had was able the weekend but uh after writing his co-writing i'm not here to you know unnecessarily slander or anything but after co-writing his you know his most uh popular album to date nothing was uh take care it was very clear that ovo xo 
wouldn't exist in the same household because Drake wasn't going to do anything for him. Like, the, the weekend knew his worth. It was like, yo, uh, I can be just as big as you. Uh, I, right? So, I we need to leave. And that's part of their, like, fallout they had. Uh, I didn't follow it too much. But I, but I know they had some type of, like, stalemate during the kind of the weekend's, like, entry into, like, superstardom. I think, like, the beauty behind the madness in, that's, like, yeah, 2015. So, Drake, yeah, could, could didn't, the weekend wasn't going to allow himself to be overshadowed in the OVO sweatshops. We then get Party Next Door at the, like, second biggest entity. He gets, like, some of the Drake, you know, stimulus package stuff. But that's about it, like, Party next door is he probably could be bigger too. Who know who knows? But then we have Majid Jordan and what's the, damn I, I I was just remembering old dude's name. Uh the vision, the, that combo of two people. What is his name? Uh OVO OVO. Let's see. What the heck? Um, S- Smiley, the dude Smiley, he's uh, he he's on he's on OVO as well. That uh, we, it's Popcan, it's Popcan on OVO. Let's see, let's see. Um, few artists, Popcan, Cocaine Money. Nope. I again, I don't listen to. His, no, no, he's uh, yeah. Pop can at least his fixed tape that came out in 2020. That is uh OVO Sound Warner. So pop cans on um OVO. And let's see. Who I can't I I don't know why I'm forgetting his name. He's r- rather popular. I'm I'm sure if I keep scrolling off. Uh yeah, Majid Jordan Division. Smile. Roy Woods. Yes. Roy Woods. I think that's criminal that he he doesn't give these people any shine of day. Why there's not an I'm giving out free game right now. So when it finally happens, I would like some credit. Why is there no like Drake presents OVO sounds like the fucking album? Like why why is there not an OVO album? They all have very similar sounds and shit too. Very nocturnal singy songy shit minus Majid Jordan that no no they do they all do I think pop can maybe a bit more a different sound but I don't listen to him so whatever I would say would be an assumption anyway (laughs) I just think that it's very very oddly uh, and makes me think about Every, like every time I go deep into it, it makes me think about Eminem and Shady, but I always cut a little slack to the the weird beard and say he had Paul Rosenberg or has Paul Rosenberg, and so he has a he has a manager that is you know now has plenty of exec history that whatever failures that Shady aren't all on him. 
that with OVO, you have, you are the biggest artist in the world. There's no reason why your, your artists that are quote unquote signed to you aren't at least exposed at a larger level. I would say all these artists have their own fan bases that have, you know, of course the overlapping like Drake army or whatever. I don't know what his like madman bad team fan base is, but that's it. I'm going on like almost 25 minutes about this, but I, I, I wanted to bring it up because the state of music is in a fucking flux where I don't know what's next. I don't know what's going on. I mean, Atlanta, which I'll talk about later. <laughs> YWA get you a young white avatar because it's, yeah, shit's, shit's bonkers. Shit is bonkers. Um, please still buy physical media. I know, I no vinyl tends to be the collector way of doing things now, but buy functional media too. Like buy a CD, burn it and put on your, your laptop, a computer, have it for your car. If you, I'm sure it's some of us still have CD playing abilities in our vehicles. Um, but buy the iTunes or buy the digital link from your favorite artist's website, bundles, whatever it is, just support your artists because yeah, you're, you are going to actively play a part in the like, like ostracizing, hoeing out of, for lack of better terms, forgive me, of your favorite artists and put them in positions where they almost have to sign these 360 deals and shit because they're not going to make any music. They're not going to make any money off of music unless they're doing big, big tours because they're going to be signing these deals that whatever little money they were going to get off tours inherently before, like, nah, you don't sell enough albums. You don't have enough streams. And yeah, it's, it's a, it's a weird time. And so when we think about artists running labels, not just being a part of labels, you would think they have a unique insight that could benefit everyone involved. Uh, but in the case of TDE, they're already a unique model anyway that I think is in need of refurbishing, reshaping, restructuring uh, the release model, how they present outwardly. Um, Dreamville is in a great position and yeah, they're putting out quality artists and music and that's really it in the landscape of like non, I mean, you can look at CMG, like, um, and what Yo Gotti got going over there, the more, that, that, that's an interesting case that I could go on about too, but I'll spare us because we're almost 30 minutes into this, but it's, it was worth, it's also worth noting that they're successful on the street rap side, um, but yeah, they're not going to be putting out any Grammy willing, Grammy nominated albums anytime soon, or maybe too many even platinum albums. Maybe um, I I don't 
fourth, like they're playing in a different league, if you ask me. But that's uh, that's it when it comes to that portion of music. I'll talk just a little bit of. No, I mean, since I'm on it, because I'll just get straight to what the profit watching. Speaking of that label, ESTG, one of my favorite artists of you know, right out right now, I'm probably easily going to be my artist of the year through Spotify because of uh, I've talked about it before. Uh, I never felt nothing. His newest album that came out. Great, great listen. It's long. It feels long. It's like 55 minutes, but they're not long of songs. And so it, it, it it's great for what it, what it is. It's great for what it is in that, in the gym, in the car, he's talking that evil shit, clever. I don't really care for all like the more singy stuff he does. Maybe on like a track or two other Louisville notable Bryson Taylor makes an appearance, uh, but yeah, great. That's something new I've listened to. I lost my earbuds in my COVID travels, so yeah, I've I've it's been a struggle. It's been a struggle. Uh, if I, I still haven't actually made time to listen to R. A. Linux' new album, that is, trust me, I, I'm I'm gonna get on it. I'm gonna get on it. Forgive me. I'm gonna get on it. I just been behind. Like I know Freddie Gibbs has some coming too, so I don't want to be too behind when it comes to releases, but. What I've had had some time for is what the profit watching. Okay. And with the profit watching world, I already mentioned I'm behind. I still need to see Pearl. I still need to see Barbarian. Uh, don't worry, darling. I'm still interested in watching the, uh, <laughs> not in spite of, but separate from the controversy. It was already, it was already interesting to me, but. Hey, you know, I, I will aid in, you know, trying to figure out what the hell happened amongst the white people in the their, you know, weird controversy with Harry Styles, Olivia Wilde, and uh, damn, what is the lead actress's name from Midsommar? Yeah, I, I Florence Pugh. Yeah, Florence Pugh. I, I don't know why I spaced that for a second. But yeah, they're having a weird thing, extramarital affairs and stuff too. Uh, it, it, all the weird stuff. But I think Chris Pines, yes, it's the other, um, the other man involved with the, all the things. I mean, Jason Sudeikis too. But again, that's neither here nor there. I need to watch that. Uh, that comes out this weekend. I believe, or next weekend. I think it's this weekend. And then Smile comes out at the end of the month next week. So, yeah, I'm out. There's, but Pearl and Barbarian are high on my list of things I need to see ASAP, but I will not be putting people in jeopardy at the movie theaters. So, yes, in due time, in due time. And then Speak No Evil. I may watch that this weekend. Um, I believe it's on Shudder now. That I went to see it, September 9th, but I couldn't find a single theater in America that was showing that movie. And I mean almost that literally. I think there was like two theaters in Manhattan that were showing that movie, but I couldn't find a single theater anywhere showing that fucking movie. Um, 
yeah, speak no evil. It's I think it's um, Danish, Swedish. I think it's in English, but you know, set in that part of the world, and it's supposed to be this most dis- disturbing, uncomfortable feeling horror movie. Uh, so I wanted to see it in theater, of course, but yeah, just seemingly just horrifying Sundance, no release. Yeah, so people who have seen that have said some you know, pretty lofty things about it's just mean-spirited and all this other shit. So, uh, yeah, I got plenty of things I need to see. What I have, <laughs> a movie a movie that I recently did watch. I finished putting my letterbox review. It's not going to be long. Killer Clowns from Outer Space. I'll say the large motivation for me watching this movie was... Tied to the you know the release a couple maybe about a month ago, yeah probably a few weeks to a month back now about, uh I forgot what game show, or yeah I yeah I forget what, what gaming thing it was tied to maybe it's yeah I'm not gonna make a guess, but Killer Clowns from Outer Space is getting a video game like a asymmetrical, three v five, game. It looks it looks cool, but I had I had always heard about Clear Clowns from Outer Space. That was maybe like a, you know, weird horror film, but I didn't realize just how fucking ridiculous of a movie it is until I watched it. And I I don't even know I don't know if it's even good or bad. It's just a weird eighties movie that is a weird 80s movie that I almost am not sure how the fuck it became a cult classic. I do know. Like I, I do. I, I'm, I'm all right. I'm gonna be a little hyperbolic. I can see why it's a cult classic, but to me, I feel like there's probably 30 other movies that came out in the eighties that. Yeah, that it was just as weird that, people don't talk about as much or I'm just not as familiar with because I was born in 1997. Nonetheless, it was time spent watching a movie when I watched that um, just a few days back, a few days back. So (laughs) Killer Clowns from Outer Space, a movie that exists. If you haven't seen it, throw it on in spirit of October and Halloween coming up or no, the, the, the season of it coming up. It's, it's a movie, but I would, I would love to see like an updated version, uh, like some type of sequel reboot, not reboot. Cause just remake. I would like to see it be more grotesque. I, that would be more enjoyable to me. I don't mind the campy ness of it, but it could also still be like scary, right? Versus whatever it is. And of course the video game I'm even more here for because I'm like, oh, this is dope. It was already something I was interested in, but now even more so I'm like, yeah, I would love to play that game. Now into quality things I've watched or well, we'll 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 see if it's quality. Huh. <sighs> okay. 
I was going to go on and on. I could go on and on about She-Hulk. But I have spent enough time here talking about She-Hulk over the weeks. I'm all caught up. As Again, I watch every episode. The day they come out, like, in theory, depends on how late I stay up the night it comes out. But COVID, I've been very tired. So I don't stay up until, uh, I think it's like midnight or 1 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. So it's like 3, 4 a.m. over here. I... I don't know. I, I I think I'm more disappointed in the people's reactions of She-Hulk because the loudest opinions I see aren't the opinions that the loudest opinion I see believes is out there. Or not, not believe it is out there, but is reacting to. So that's a convoluted way of saying the largest opinion I see is people defending the show. But the like rhetoric around people defending the show are just in retort to like the maybe vocal small minority of you know insecure weirdly misogynist comic fans or whatever like people who are just saying like oh it's a woman and woke like People even talk like that, like, look, look, come on, like, come, come on, come on, we're, come on, what are we doing? Uh, if you were given that much time of day, because anyone who really, really talks like that, there's, come on. So what I see more is people like rejecting the oh, women and like whatever talk, then there is that actual take. In theory, that's not a bad thing. But the issue ends up being like there's a lot of like blind like, oh, it's a great show because they're trying to be like fucking fake positive about about not being like, you know, misogynist and closed minded and, you know, trying to see the show for what it. No, the show is a byproduct of the MCU. I said this from the beginning that the first episode felt like I was watching a Disney Plus show. I understand it is on Disney Plus. But it had the opportunity to be something different. Already would be in 30 minutes if it's too short. At least it's too short for what it does. This wedding episode that just passed is probably the best episode that is in the realm of being self-contained. Almost. But it's it's not it's like it's not interested in doing like in telling a compelling story. I don't want to hear shit about the real the real point of She Hulk is for Jin to accept herself and then accept being She Hulk because she got powers she didn't want and she you know then has to like at the end realize now only it's okay to be Jin but to also be She Hulk and then to be a hero. Well, the the season's halfway over. There's only supposed to be eight or nine episodes, which is absolutely atrocious. I thought the show was going to be like a longer, I thought it was supposed to be the longest Disney Plus Marvel show. If you do 16 episodes of 30 minutes, I'm okay with this like sitcom style. It's perfectly fine. 
it's perfectly fine. Because that's how sitcoms are. They just have plenty of fucking episodes. And because one episode to the next is inconsequential. But the show wants to have some type of continuity and quote unquote. uh, Damn, what's the word? Some type of uh, consequence. But to the lightest extent. Because nothing matters from each episode to next. Nothing. Nothing matters. The most we got was the little abomination arc. But nothing matters. And again, I while I'm coming to age stories and drama coms, it's not drama. There's no drama in this fucking show. Comic like sitcoms. They're not for me, but because it's the Hulk and She-Hulk and Marvel, I'm willing to go along with it. Like I'm willing to like go in that world for something that feels like a, a PG-15 version of Sex in the City. <coughs> the issue is, it, it it's not willing to commit to anything. Because again, if it's it's there's 16 episodes, then you can over time tell like, yeah, this is a hero show too, but it is like a law show. It is like, you know, it's lighthearted. It's yada yada. But when you only have eight to nine episodes, you have to commit to better storytelling than this. You have to commit to better world building than this. You, you, you I was the world building. Is them cut is cutting the uh, like copping the like shortcut, and by showing things like you know the little X Men references and like on the side of the screen when she's on the internet or Intelligentsia and the She Hulk hate form. There's little, little Easter egg things that they do because again Easter eggs is world building. That's the only world building that happens. I just wish people like it's okay to enjoy the show because I'm going to keep watching every single episode. We've already established that. So I'm not here. Like, I don't hate the show. I just think that that my feelings haven't changed. It's not terrible, but it's just not a good show. It's just not it just objectively isn't a good show. And it's because it, it it's enabled by people like this. can be there can be plenty of people that actually enjoy the show. I don't mind that. But when you're not willing to be genuinely critical, forget all the, oh, the cameos. You're like dangling. Who cares? They're not telling interesting stories because the wedding could be something that is a lot more character building. But the whole wedding episode is a fucking ruse to be like, oh, Jen is struggling with her identity. She's like. Becoming more comfortable with She-Hope now, but she's not comfortable with herself. I, I don't know. I, I fucking, I don't know. Like I, I, I just don't know. So I've gone on way longer than I intended to, but She-Hope will do that to me. Uh, moving along with other television that I am watching, that I am enjoying a lot more. Uh, Atlanta season four, the final season is on. We're three episodes in, technically two weeks in, but you no, know, similar to this episode or season three, is a double episode. 
Um, that was, yeah, it's, it's, I would say I am not as activated or as like hype as I was off of season three, season three really was a, an amazing season and still I believe is my favorite season. Not that it's better than one and two because one and two are just like they're classic. It's television. It's classic. They're again, less than an hour long television and three, they go for this maximalist feel of like ideas and things. And it works to me. It works every single time. I feel as though right now I'm a bit underwhelmed three episodes in, uh, this last season, this last episode three from yesterday was a pickup from episode two. Um, episode one being, uh, what the fuck was episode one was the blue blood. It was blue blood and the like target wheelchair woman thing from the fucking emulating the woman from Target that was during the George Floyd things of uh, 2020 with her like attacking people stealing from the store and like it works episode one works episode two was interesting it was yeah episode one had a lot of things had van and Ern getting lost in the mall and like running into their exes and everyone's just like been there forever it's it does a lot of things episode two i thought i enjoyed Ern going to therapy but the whole ruining that woman's lady that that lady's life um because he's still hurt like it's not bad i just was under i just remember feeling underwhelmed watching it this third episode (laughs) uh we are all d'angelo is i don't know like i don't know how i feel about it like it just feels like okay this is atlanta it's being surreal it's being uh I think maybe it makes me feel how I how I think back maybe contextually to like the black Justin Bieber episode. Uh, like there's something being said here with, you know, the white young white avatars and stuff. But. Yeah, but I, I'm still processing it, but I, I don't dislike it and I'm looking forward to how the rest of the season turns out. I think it's just a lot of more pressure going on to the season because it's the final season and I surely hope that we you know we, we get the we get the best that they can give us at you know going out on the bang uh and it's always crazy to think that again season three and four shot back to back so yeah the, almost wishing that we got something a little bit more recent with season four because this is all like 2019 shit allegedly 20 because the woman from target happened in 2020 so clearly there had to be some type of like updated thought when uh making the show um what else oh secession 
I finally got to watching Secession on HBO. It is really good. Really, 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 really good. I am on like episode two of season two. And I I think that, you know, for a, for a show that got a lot of hype and stuff, I wasn't sure if I will, how I feel about it. But it really is a fantastic show about family and business, uh, as the show is. Again, without giving the way short, there's a big media conglomerate that's family-owned. The father, he is the CEO and like founder of the organization, but he's getting up there in age, and so one of his uh, his sons is you know primed to succeed him and lead the company but after some health things and after some other thing it, it like he's not like he's you just I'm trying to see without giving without giving it away there's just so many dynamics between everyone that it just shows one what affluence really does like that not just fucking nepotism but what affluence does and how everyone one to me this is a bit of a spoilerly take but it's not like any i won't give away any type of like story details but more so thematically that everyone's just a different version of their father not like in real life i mean that could be the case too but maybe maybe not that in the sto- in the story though that they're all just different versions of their father who's this cutthroat asshole um but they're all very different like spineless versions because they've all benefited again from nepotism and affluence and like being a part of a billion billionaire family so they all like they're, they're being disrespectful and being mean and being cutthroat is all like a farce it's like they have no backbone because they, they, they tremble at the sight of their father because he's like a real deal, like asshole. And so when you look at them and how they're all like just selfish, they all just want their own thing. But they again, they all none of them are cunning. The sister. Like they're it's a, it's a dope show because there's really no one. There's no protagonist to root for because this person's spineless as shit and so annoying this person, like, okay, sure, you could be, like, a competent person to root for, but you're so selfish that, yeah, you do it to yourself, and then you're, I thought you were okay, but then, actually, you're delusional, uh, and so, yeah, I, Cousin Greg is, he, he's the person that maybe I, I, I get close to feeling bad for, but he also, like, it's such an idiot that it ends up being like, well, eh, I only feel, I can only feel so bad. Um, who else? Tom. Tom is a piece of shit. Shiv is the the like she's the absolute villain of the show, if you ask me. Um, Ken is against this. It's almost pathetic. Um, uh, Roman, he, yeah, like he's he's Roman. He's 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 the 
he's the the affluent white guy amongst the business ranks that says and does whatever he wants to do. But also, I like that, that he isn't one dimensional because he really just wants his father's approval. Like he just wants to be important because I like the like trauma, like background thing that he likes to bring. Like it's really I think that's why I get upset about She-Hulk. She-Hulk is not supposed to be HBO, you know, quality, yada, yada. But, and, like, there's still no excuses for terrible writing and, like, you not making me care about these characters. Like, the only reason why I care about She-Hulk and Jen Walters is because I care about the comic book character and how much you're going to bring this person to life. You have actually not created a character in a world that I care about because of good writing and good directing. That's what good television is, regardless of source material and different things. A, you know, i.e. Matt Reeves, Robin Parrison, and the new Batman. So, all that being said, I've talked enough. I will update y'all with reviews on the Patreon when I go see these movies and I'm healthy enough to expose other people. So, because I'm actually hungry in real life, uh, let me share a little food for thought so we can bounce to the ounce. A food for thought for this week. Uh, I sat with it for a while because I wasn't sure what, you know, it was something meaningful, intentional, you know. But it's simple. When it's simple, when it's a snack, it's a snack. And the matter of fact is, I just want y'all to be, just to be critical consumers. Just to be critical consumers. As matter of fact and plain and simple as that is, just that. We think about all the information that's readily available to our fingertips and our ears and eyes. Please, 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 please do not hesitate double and triple check where ideas and information are coming like when po- things are shared do not run with narratives it's not to deny facts we're not here to be truth deniers but we're not here to we, 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 come on please it's, it's, it's just too much hop on the hop on train and that's what we gonna say that's how we gonna feel because I mean, it had a thousand retweets, like it had 500 likes, like what, what, is that not truthful? It was on my timeline. I've seen someone retweet it, someone liked it. It was trending. Please, 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 please. Especially as we, again, remember the three C's. I know it's been a while. There's some things I'm going to do with that, so there's a reason why I haven't resurfaced. But don't worry. Nonetheless, it's still readily available for you to go back and refer to because I just want us to, again, be be sharper over here. Isolated thoughts. All of us as a community, we're much we're much more sharper, sharper images than uh, the average uh, yogi bear, boo boo, whatever the sayings are. I don't know. What I do know is that please don't be duped by the dupa dupes. And just look into shit for yourself. That's all y- y'all know. I- I'm going to talk about it. I've at least done it, my due diligence. And I will tell you I'm no expert. Except for to tell you that when, you know, something's a terrible movie or show, like, there's no, there's no energy effort put into it. But on the serious note, just don't get caught for the hook. 
I love y'all. I thank y'all. Uh, we gonna play some ESTG and his Louisville, Kentucky brethren, Jack White, who yeah, critical of his music and whatnot. But they made a great little jam and jam together called Backstage Passes uh, because uh, them bops will do anything for a backstage pass. On any other note, we'll be back soon. Pray for my health like I pray for you so uh, we can continue to rock in this free world. Spread this. I became what you fantasize about becoming. Had to quit sending music out because somebody fucked around, leaked something. Every girl that I mess with knows what's up, but they keep coming. Pretty sure at this point they don't want to know the secrets I keep from them. Put your phone down, be something. 25 and you broke. Talking about me on the internet, but you dab me up when we spoke. I don't know if I'm genius, but I definitely had a few strokes. Real raps, not jokes. Mm, dressed like I'm at Oaks. Ayy, Sears sucking my coat. coat. Daycare in her throat. Hit songs in my notes. Hit notes like don't. I just got in my zone. Had to let it be known. Brought it out, she got flown. Unspoken with bone. Fell in love with my tone. Airplane on my phone. Floating off a Patron. In the club and I'm stoned. Used to curb me in the 10th grade. Now things change, I'm grown. I ain't getting dethroned. Hit the gas and I'm gone. I don't wanna put the city yeah. on. I'm the one that got the city known off of turkey bags in a minute phone. I'm the one that gave us big records. I done fucked around and got my Guinness on. Yeah, in the city, I be building hoes, put butt shots in the titties on. Me, though, I like natural. 50 bands in a satchel. Yeah, me and just Jerry Ashley, and she say my number on the daddy. Used to do field trips up to Gaddy's. Used to do road trip to the Natty. Don't take no pics and don't add me. I'll take you to the show to meet Jackie. These girls will do anything for some backstage passes. Yeah, lights, camera, action. Don't stop, keep going, this relaxing. You coming on tour, how you acting? She see my kind, got to asking. Yeah, this a Victor door, not a vet. I ain't with platinum, I go jet. But I'm still living life, no sweat. Came most coupe, the Rose truck next. Another quarter million on the wrist. Pick her up, she ignoring text. Pretty sure he he know what's next. I told him more spit, baby, more lips. You ain't know I leave cause I'm born sexy. If you didn't know, now you know. We were young hood, nigga, hope. 150 for a local show. I'm the fox, nigga, to the smoke. We all know, hey, you the most. All the lame niggas that's broke. From the black sheep to the goat. I was just microwaving my dope. Since the white rollie in the rope. Like my fool with a side of coke. I ain't gotta say much, y'all know. I'm the one that got the city known off of turkey bags in a minute for me. I'm the one that gave us big records. I done fucked around and got my Guinness on. Yeah, in the city, I be building hoes. Put butt shots in the titties on me though i like natural 50 bands in a satchel yeah me and just jury actually and she say my number on the daddy used to do field trips up to gaddy's used to do road trip to the natty don't take no pics and don't add me i'll take you to the show to meet jackie these girls will do anything for some backstage passes